The Right Hook Podcast. Make business sense on the road with the Mitsubishi Outlander Business. The two-seater SUV with low BIK, 200 euro VRT and a five-year warranty. MitsubishiMotors.ie Okay, you're very welcome back to The Right Hook. Now it's time for Bill Hughes and his essential songs. And uh, we're revisiting uh, a year. Yeah, there's in this whole series, it's very hard that you define a year with just three songs. So songs sometimes, or years sometimes had a lot more going on than just three songs, lots more. Some years I could do volume two and three and four and five. Yeah. Some years but, you could almost ignore altogether. Exactly. And, and that's that's the truth. So but we're going back to... 1970. 1970. 1970 and we're going volume two of 1970. Um, so Bill Hughes was wearing flared trousers. I was. Long hair, kind of flowery shirt. Uh, tie-dye t-shirts. Tie-dye was t-shirts, big of course. Thing of yeah. the time. And yeah, the huge flares. And, uh, you know, the really nice, the the nice flat runners, you know, your Dunlop runners. That was prior to Nike and all those. Yeah, OK. okay. Adidas. I was wearing flared nappies. Were you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they held everything they were supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they did. Yeah. Uh, when I think of 1970, I also think of the Mexican World Cup and that wonderful Brazilian team. But that's just uh, me. So it was a good <laughs> year for music, was it? It was a great year for music. That's why it's so comfortably easy to do volume two. And the first song from that year is still a classic, uh, uh, a, a magnificent classic. The Tears of a Clown by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Mm. It is a classic. Um, oh, it's, it's just a wonderful song. And it was written by Smokey Robinson, but with two of his pals, Stevie Wonder and Hank Cosby. Um, it was for the Tamla Motown label, which was a sub, uh, for the Tamla label, a subsidiary of Motown. And uh, while it first came out on an album in 1967, for all the pedantic people out there, I don't think that's a song from 1967. Yes, it was only successful when it was re-released as a single in 1970. And it was re-released in the UK and climbed to number one. And the record company went, oh, maybe there's something in this. So they re-released it in America and it went to number one and became a massive million-selling hit. So... One of the miracles, a guy called Ronnie White had been the guy who discovered Stevie Wonder. And him and his producer, Hank Cosby, had written the music for this particular song. But they had no lyric, they had no direction for it. So Stevie Wonder made a demo of the music and brought it to the Motown Christmas party in 1966, thinking that if he gave it to Smokey, that Smokey might come up with the lyric and lo and behold he did. Tears of a Clown was born Wow! <laughs> so, but it was something that just came out of the Christmas party where Stevie Wonder just couldn't find the inspiration to write the lyric for it so it's a really really good one um, Great song very poignant kind of very poignant kind of lyrics, Yeah it's, 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 it's the whole thing of, of young yearning and l- young love but um, the miracles themselves like they had been formed back in 1955 when Smokey was all of 15 and uh, uh, Warren Peatmore and Ronnie White, they were the, they were the founders. And then um, their first million-selling hit record came out in 1960 when they were only 20 and it was called Shop Around. And they then went on to have a string of massive hits, number ones. But Smokey himself, born in 1940, he, he was inducted in 2006 with the Kennedy Centre 
uh, honours. And it's really funny when you think of the stalwarts that he was inducted side by side with Dolly Parton, Zubin Mehta, Steven Spielberg and Andrew Lloyd Webber and Smokey Robinson. So right. that's a firmament to be, into, you know, to be one of them. Yeah, it, yeah. It's quite extraordinary. And uh, the voice is so great. The voice is so smooth. Um, I love when he went off and did the, the, the smooth croony stuff in the late 70s into the 80s, like being with you. I remember Smokey Robinson singing Being With You is one of the great slow sets. It used to be one of the great slow sets. Well, I think of that song, I always think of what always sticks in my head was the, the pool table. Didn't it have some, it, it was very exotic. It had some kind of blue, ba- uh, blue kind of bays. cover on it, bays yeah. on it. Yeah, whatever. I remember thinking, wow, that's incredible. Perfect place to make love, apparently. That's what I've heard about pool tables. There, I don't know. And there was me, there was me just thinking it was a pool table, but uh, there you go. Um, let's, so let's have a listen. It is a classic, uh, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Tears of a Clown. Okay, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Tears for a Clown. It, I'd forgotten it rattles along at it some pace, doesn't it? And it has that lovely sort of carnival organ kind of sound. You know, that kind of uh, everybody's out for a day out. Everybody's having candy floss and there's balloons and there's... Everybody's having day. fun except yeah. me. Except Because my friend is... That's re- it, is, that's My it. smile's a friend turned upside so, down. Yeah. Um, 
what is that noise? It was a kind of a... Yeah, it's like that crunchy thing. It was, it's like a, 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 a carnival sound. Okay. And it's just an old Moog synthesizer. And that was very new technology at that time. And was that, that sound as well, it was, like a, it was almost like a saxophone with a rag stuck down it or something like, isn't it? It's like a fart. Let's be honest. Well, actually, that's, that's what, what it is. It's like a whoopee <laughs> cushion. Sounds like a whoopee cushion, yeah. But it's just great. Yeah, it's no, different. Good song. Okay. Now, uh, good start. What do you, what, what okay. do you got for us next? next the year one. is 1970, by the way. 1970. You've just joined us. Yeah, and volume two. Volume two, yeah, for you pedants out there. So, I love story songs and... One of the best ever story songs is Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town. And, you know, it's it's something, there's something really sad and weird about this song. But it was the Kenny Rogers and First Edition uh, version that came to, it was released in late 69 but became a massive hit in 1970. Um, it had originally been recorded by a guy called Johnny Darrow uh, in 1967, it had a, a, you know a brief life on the country charts, but this became a worldwide sensation, and this broke Kenny Rogers and made him a new international star. Now, the song was written by a country star called Mel Tillis, and Mel Tillis, father of Pam Tillis, a great country, modern rock country uh, singer, but Mel Tillis, he uh, based the song on a couple who lived near him in Florida. And it was about a, a soldier, an American soldier, who was uh, injured in World War Two, and was recuperating uh, in England. And he married the nurse who take, took care of him. They moved to Florida. And when they moved to Florida, uh, she saw another man because he was a veteran lying there, unable to do it. And uh, the they actually had a murder-suicide pact and they died. So that's the real couple in this. Now, he changed it. It wasn't me who started that old crazy Asian war as a line. So initially everybody thought it was Korean War, but in fact it was, 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 I suppose, what was it, transmogrified to become the Vietnam War. Uh, And that's what everybody felt. And Kenny Rogers in the first edition released it as an anti-Vietnam War statement. Okay, and the story again, sorry. So she, his ner- the nurse and her, uh, the, 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 her the injured husband, guy, yeah. they, go, they get married, they go back to the States and, and uh, what happens? They live in Florida. She then met another man at the hospital. Okay. Which really upset him because the other man was able-bodied and he right. was completely disabled. So And then there were threats and whatever. They never got to the bottom of it, but all, it was termed a suicide, murder-suicide murder suicide. Suicide. Okay, And so they died in that. But anyway, Kenny Rogers in the first edition, she's leaving now because I can hear the slamming of the door the way I know I've heard it slam 100 times before. And if I could rise, I'd get my gun and I'd put her in the ground. Oh, Ruby, don't take your love to down. I mean, that's the lyric. And it's, it's, it's pretty black, It's isn't it? pretty, pretty dark. But it became such a massive hit and it launched Kenny Rogers' uh, career and made him one of the biggest stars in the world in the sense that, like, he has sold over 120 million records. He's had 120 singles. Um, but last September, on September 25th, uh, 2015, he went on NBC's Today show and he said, you know what, guys, I'm retiring. Now, he's he was born in 1938, 
So he'll be he'll be seventy in two years or eighty in two years' time. Okay, but he has a wife and two small kids now. So he said, "No, I need to spend time with them." So he decided he was going to retire. Wow! Now, so two he's, of his, he's still taking his love to time. Oh yeah, he's taking his, he's taking his love all around the world. But uh, two of his albums, "The Gambler" and "Kenny," are uh, deemed to be two of the most influential uh, country albums ever released, and. Um, so I, I just think he's an amazing singer. I love that slow drawl. Uh, you know, an awful lot of people in Ireland only associate him with uh, Ireland's in the stream. Or with, Ireland's with, industry. Yeah, Ireland's also known, yeah. with Dolly Parton. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, or you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucy. Yeah, there's enough. way more to him than that. Yeah, four hungry children and a crop in the field. You know, yeah. there's always, but they're great story songs. There's something about him. And, you know, for a man, he has battled his way for years. He's always had weight problems. Um, he used to wear a corset on stage to try and hold the fat in. And then when liposuction came along, he was one of the first exponents of liposuction. Get all the fat sucked out of you. You know, just very strange. He's had masses of uh, facial reconstruction, plastic surgery and every, anything to keep him looking young. But, you know, when you're going to be 80, you're going to be 80. Yeah, Get over you it. You can't fight it. And, uh, but he's, okay. he's a, a real talent. OK, let's let's take a listen uh, to this and then we, we'll chat a bit more about it afterwards. Ruby, don't take your love to town. Uh, Kenny Rogers and the first edition. You've painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down Started that old crazy Asian war But I was proud to go and do my patriotic chore And yes, it's true that I'm not the man I used to be of a woman your age, Ruby, I realize, but it won't be long, I've heard them say, until I'm not around. Cause I just heard the slamming of the door The way I know I've heard it slam 100 times before And if I could move I'd get my gun and put her in the ground Oh, 
Okay, that was uh, Kenny Rogers there and Ruby, don't take your love to town. <laughs> Bill <great> Hughes. <laughs> it's a great song. It still stands up. You know, it it's is. very dark. I, I mean, there's a, it, there's a kind of a contradiction between the, the kind of jauntiness of the music yeah. and the bleak, dark lyrics in it. Yeah. Was it a big hit at the time? Well, it, it charted in Europe higher than it charted in America. Oh, which, <laughs> which is like, strange. Isn't yeah, it? it was a number one hit in the UK, but it was like number six or something in America. So, uh, but at the same time, uh, Number six in America. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. You're talking big money then back was, then. Yeah. And yeah, they were, that was when was people were buying records. You know? Yeah, I'm sure that's over probably buying over a million records, records yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, good stuff. Uh, listen, let's get to your, your final choice. What did you pick? Final for? one is, this was the floor filler of the summer of 1970. Oh, really? This was the floor and filler. And of course, you, like, you would have been going to discos I at that stage. Yeah. I was the disco guy. I mean, right. that was my nickname in boarding school was disco because I used to be the DJ, you know, in the local tennis club, in the local golf club, and I'd be spinning the discs. And I'd only need to put this, if it was looking a bit dull, I'd just stick this one on and the drum beat at the start and the countdown at the start and everybody would just get out on the floor. It was was just so infectious and so feel good. And it's really funny because yet again, it's another example of a great song that the singer didn't want to sing. (laughs) You know, it's another one of those where the songwriters brought the song to the singer and said, this is perfect. Not sure. No. No, she said it's for, that's about a younger girl. That's not about me. That doesn't relate to me. I don't really want to do that. But she did it. And what, and, what song are we talking about? And the song is Band of Gold, Frida Payne. And Band of Gold, written by the hit factory that was Holland, Dozier, Holland, the three boys who had the most hits for anybody during the whole Tamla era. However, this song was written under a pseudonym because... They fell out with... See, they were the biggest songwriters for Tamil Mutham from 1962 to 1967. And then they fell out with Barry Gordy, who was the, the Svengali of yeah, everything. The godfather yeah. of it, yeah. And they fell out with him, and so they weren't supposed to be... There was, there was a publishing thing and their rights and all that sort of stuff. So then they had to write under pseudonyms. So they created this woman... Edith Wayne, uh, and that's who they started to write as. So it was still Holland does your Holland. But, and did people but, know at the time, or uh, was it? It, it became known uh, over the years. You know, at the time, no. It yeah. was it was like so many of the great Hollywood writers who, when they were uh, blacklisted, blacklisted yeah. yeah, they had to write under pseudonyms. So uh, Edith Wayne and Ron Dunbar. Now Ron Dunbar is a real name, and that's a real person. And uh, Band of Gold, Frida Payne. Um, is there a story? I know you like your stories. Is uh, there a story to this? Song? Well, there's just it is the the nature of the fact that the guys snuck this one in under the radar, and it became this huge international hit. And it was only after the success of this when it became clear that Edith Wayne doesn't exist, and it's the three lads that you know. I like that story. I like that they pulled yeah, the fast one, yeah. and I also like the fact that Frida who, you know, saw herself as a much more serious artist, did not want to be singing something as frivolous as this. Now, it just so happens that um, 
you know, the, like Holland does your Holland. You look at the hits that they wrote. They wrote all the Supremes, Baby Love, Stop in the Name of Love, You Keep Me Hanging On. They wrote 10 of their 12 number ones. But they also wrote How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You from Martha, Marvin Gaye, uh, Heat Wave from Martha Reeves. They wrote most of the songs for the Four Tops. So... I would have thought that Frida would have been thrilled to be handed yeah, the song. You, you, you don't argue, you stay off of your you song, know. you take it. And yeah. So, you know, she she hasn't enjoyed a, a, a massive career, uh, clearly making bad choices. Yeah. <laughs> so she did um, have a brief moment back in the sun in, in February 2010 when she joined Kanye West, Jordan Sparks, Jennifer Hudson, Barbara Streisand, many more, uh, to do We Are the World for Haiti Relief. And the voice is still there. Now, uh, Frida, she was born in 1942, so she's 74. And uh, the fact that she can still carry the tune, she can still do it, you know. Uh, yes, she's like Candy Statton, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, band, she, band of Gold, I, pre- I presume, is to do with a wedding ring. Oh, is yeah. It? It's, it's a, so is this another since heartbreak? Since you've been heartbreak? Gone, all that's left is a band of gold. All that's left of the dreams I hold and the memory of what love could be. It's just great. So another song about a, a yeah. problem marriage. Basically. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. Okay. But, but for, listen for the countdown. Listen for the beat. And I guarantee the listeners, that if they don't know this song, they're going to love this song. Uh, Bill Disco Hughes, I think we can call you from now on. Uh, thanks as ever for your company. The year was 1970. We've already had Smokey Robinson, Tears of a Clown, Kenny, Roberts, uh, Kenny Rogers, Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town. But we're going to play out with Bill's final choice, Frida Payne singing Band of Gold. Mm-hmm.